Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm this holiday season. Be careful out there on the roads. It gets dark early. People are leaving holiday parties. Uber, taxi, do what you got to do. But if you do find yourself needing legal representation, if you do find yourself in a position where you are fighting a DUI, you want the best result possible. You want to go to war. You want to go to battle with the best lawyer possible. Marcos Garza and his team at the Garza Law Firm are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You can call them 24-7, 365, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. It doesn't matter. 865-540-8300. Online at GarzaLaw.com. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on answer point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It's signing day, Wednesday, December 15th. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? What is up, John? Good to hear your voice. Excellent to hear you. Speak to me. Love talking to you. Celebrating a pretty good signing day so far. Yeah, I think it is fair to classify it as a good day. I think that's where it was looking like it was heading at lunchtime yesterday. Today is a very good day, but overall, I think it's a good day. Yeah, why did all that change yesterday? Do you think it was genuine? Do you think it was to try to drum up some real feeling of victory today it was very strange that it seemed like everything was going to shit yesterday around lunch well i think that the main reason people thought it was going to shit was because justin williams i think tennessee fans are rightfully always wary of auburn and last minute flips and so auburn was going after him hard and i mean i don't think like anybody nobody period ever thought we were getting tire tyree tyree west until this morning like an hour before he committed like Nobody did. I mean, uh, so, like, that was like a, uh, yeah, that felt like an old school recruiting kind of day before everyone knew where everyone was going kind of thing. Like, Tennessee just kind of pulled that one out of their ass, kind of like they did with, like, a Robert Meacham back in the day out of Oklahoma. Um, you know, but about nobody, but, Till about an hour before he was committing, nobody thought he was going to Tennessee. He was going to go to Florida State, where his like uncle is the director of player personnel or whatever. I did see last night. I believe was it, it might have been Austin Price. It was posted in the Discord, but that that he was calling it a coin flip at some point last night. So there was at least a little bit of an inclination that Tennessee had closed the gap. Yeah, yeah, it was close. Like I, to, I mean, I was surprised that like Tennessee had passed Auburn for him because I think most people thought Auburn was a bigger threat to Florida State than Tennessee was. And then, I mean, it was just, it's Rodney Garner. Like, there's nothing to really say about it other than that. Like, it's Rodney Garner. It's what he has done for decades. He is one of the greatest to ever do it. I put him, I put him and Ed Orgeron above anyone else in terms of assistant coach coaches recruiting. Um, He's one of the greatest to ever do it. It was Rodney Garner. I mean, it's just it's that simple. Tennessee with a pretty big signing day gets a couple of uh, would you call them blue chip defensive lineman prospects? Are they quite that good? Or I would. I mean the I would say like Pierce, Josephs, and um, West are all that good. Like I, mean, I know there's like some disagreement on certain sites. Like twenty four seven has Josephs rated really high, and he's like a three star on rivals. Um, 
I think Rivals has Pierce rated really high, and so does some other sites. Like 24-7 doesn't have Pierce rated that highly. Um, but, I mean, like I think those three guys. I, I really think that if you – and then Jordan Phillips. Like, Jordan Phillips is a defensive tackle that's been committed forever that they – like, Mullen wanted him badly. Florida had the full court press on him. It wasn't really certain that Tennessee was going to keep Jordan Phillips until Mullen got fired. And now he's with the team practicing. So I think he's good. I wouldn't classify him as blue chip. But I think that if you get Jared Verse as transfer, I mean, I think that's probably the best defensive line class Tennessee has had in a long, long time. Still seems like we're going to need to really hit the transfer portal for some linebackers. But I think that was going to be necessary regardless of what this recruiting class ended up as. It, yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I think that, like, if you get Verse, I think it's the best – defensive line class Tennessee has had in a really, really long time. Okay, that being said, it really sucked that they could not get a single JUCO defensive back. I mean, come on, man. Like, like, first of all, how does Auburn, how does radio need these many defensive backs in a secondary? Like, Auburn was taking them all. Secondly, how could you not beat out them for one of these guys? Like, we needed one JUCO safety. We needed a safety to play immediately badly and you couldn't get one you know I mean you just straight up could not beat Auburn for one of these guys when they could basically start immediately at either cornerback or safety and you know I mean like that is bad like the defensive line class looks like it's going to be awesome the secondary class like you needed a Juco safety and you're going to have to get guys in the portal for linebacker. And, of course, now you're going to have to try to find a safety or somebody in the portal for the secondary. Which I don't necessarily have a problem with. You know, would we rather have portal or JUCO? Because, I mean, I feel like that's a toss-up at best. I, I would. I think it's a toss-up now. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I, I think, think both I are Band-Aids. Towards... Both are Band-Aids? I, I think mean, so. I mean, yeah, sure, you'd rather. I mean, in a perfect world, you recruit a – high school senior and he's good for you for you know three and a half years he comes you know he comes in as halfway through his freshman year and can contribute and then is solid as sophomore and junior year but and then you know ideally you'd probably would you rather have a guy that's good enough to go early as a junior or stay and be good as a senior just in a perfect world I don't think anybody like really had a problem with Eric Berry leaving after three years because of how good he was I mean yeah if they're like a true game changer, then I think you take the three years. Yeah, but not everyone that leaves after three years is a first exactly, round pick. Exactly. That's why I was wondering just if you got to pick, just lock it in. Would you rather have a three year guy or a four year guy? Assuming they're good starters. I guess four, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just saying in a perfect world. But either way, like, uh, you know, so almost anything besides that is a quote unquote band. Yeah, I have no problem with the portal either. I think portal and Juco are equal. I was thinking about this. Who's like. Feels like most of Tennessee's best players this year were transfers. Yeah. I mean, Cade Mays transfer, Vilas Jones transfer, obviously Hidden Hooker, Evans. The portal has probably made it better. I think the portal is probably better than JUCO. I, like nowadays, there are JUCO guys that redshirt one of their years at JUCO. Evans was a JUCO guy. Yeah, right? Evans was JUCO. Yeah, but I was just mean like not recruited as a high school guy, but yeah, Peyton. As Wally points out, like most of our guys were kind of just the uh, the transfer, and a, a lot of them were off the scrap heap of the transfer portal. Which the, the defensive linemen, yeah, like you know, came from Kansas and USC. Yeah, like you know, I mean, I, people weren't beating down the door to get Javante Payton or Hennon Hooker, or Hennon Hooker, or Caleb Tremblay, you know, and or Dejon Terry, and like all four of those guys, like looked pretty good and some of them you have for multiple years i mean terry you have for three years you might even have for four years with the whole COVID thing i mean it's tough to tell now but like in terms of like you know sometimes there are jucos that redshirt a year so they have three years to play at a college or whatever but most of the times your portal guys you know they're going to have more years than a juco a lot of times and sometimes portal guys only going to have one year and that's that but you know you could get like a Keyshawn lawrence last year like you know that'd be the perfect guy for Tennessee to get. Which the portal's different than it used to be because 
mostly like, you know, a guy sitting out for a year. So if you are a junior or a senior, it's almost not even worth transferring unless you're just a grad transfer. That's not the case anymore if the one-time free transfer not to sit out. Like, you might have some upperclassmen now. But like you said, COVID still kind of messes that up where we don't even know how much eligibility these guys have anyways. Yeah, I mean, like a like – because, like, I mean, Milton – like – Paul Quest talked about like they thought Joe Milton was going to stick around to try to win the the the, the job in twenty twenty three. Well, he was a junior this year. What? Yeah, he so he cannot transfer immediately anywhere. Right. So they think he's going to stay for two years and try to be our starting quarterback in twenty twenty three. Yeah, they think that like he's going to ride it out because he doesn't want to transfer down. Is he actually going to pharmacy school? Is he actually trying to become a pharmacist? So like he'll be the backup next year again. That's what they seem to think. I mean, I want that. I, I want. That. I want him here next year as a backup. I do not want him as a starter. Oh, in 2023. I, I have. I don't think anybody believes he'll be the, the starter in twenty twenty three. But like, I'm concerned about a backup next year um, because Taven Jackson looks skinny. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, yeah, that that's fine if he wants to be the backup next year. Uh, if Hidden Hooker goes down next year, we're going to be fucked regardless. So, but I mean, I don't. I, I don't. I, they just said they said his plan was to try and win the job in twenty three. Which, like, hey, you know, if that's what he wants to do, then by all means, go try and win that job, big man. I don't think he will. I hope he doesn't. No they did get his eyes fixed, so who knows? Maybe uh, two years from now, he will develop some touch. So, you know, was Darnell Wright our best player that we recruited last year? Darnell Wright, Alante Taylor. <laughs> Oh, Cedric Tillman. I mean, Cedric Tillman was. Oh, yeah, Big Ced. Yeah, Cedric Tillman was the best player. That was an actual signee out of high school. Good call. Love Big Ced. We always have. And then, like, probably Wright or Taylor. I mean, I thought Darnell Wright was pretty good this year. Okay. So, I don't think it's a bad thing either to try and get safeties out of the portal. I have no idea what defensive backs out of the portal are looking like, but I would think that there would be somebody that would be an upgrade at – the safety position. It, it just it just sucked not to get like either one of those two JUCO cornerbacks or JUCO safeties, JUCO defensive backs, whatever. I think I think one was safety at least. I mean, yeah, Auburn got them both, you know, and like that sucked. Auburn ended up with a pretty good recruiting class too. Did they? Which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, surprised me a little bit that Auburn, who was down in the dumps for a while, and then you know you're talking about firing Harson. I understand Auburn. You know, a place that always recruits pretty well, but wait, where do they where do they go? Did I miss up? Did, did, did I misread that? No, oh yeah, Auburn's number twelve right now in the country. What is UT? Uh, I'm just looking at two four seven right now. It's four twenty one. Auburn's number twelve. Kentucky is number eleven. We'll see where that five star ends up signing. It looks like he might go to Michigan State. Tennessee is sixteenth. Okay. Auburn's got nine four stars of their eighteen commitments. Yeah, that's a pretty good class. I mean, considering like where he was in the summer, right? Yeah, I mean, it was brutal. Like, it was yeah, awful. Any progress? Yeah, it was awful. So. Which, which same for Heupel. He made some progress too. So, I was just a little surprised. I, I did not expect him to go in there and pull in a top, you know, fifteen class. Yeah, Auburn always recruits well. Perhaps it just—it's always still surprising how well they recruit. What do we make of Kentucky right now, sitting at eleventh with one five-star and eight four-stars? So the one five star is the tackle, offensive tackle, right from Louisville. That's going to go between. State. Yeah, good one. Yeah, who I I feel bad for going. I I feel. What do we think happened there? Because he like had an announcement to say he wasn't announcing today to say that he was going to pick in February between Michigan State and Kentucky. Then it came out that okay, he's going to make his announcement at three thirty, but it's not going to be on TV. And then he said, okay, or, you know, the website, CBS Sports, I guess, not not TV. But then and he's like, okay, I'm announcing at 5, and it is going to be on TV. I'm sorry. It's a tough decision. Like, if, if, to me, he has a sponsor. I feel like the sponsor's making him announce. He, 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 he was selling it to, I guess, Takis, which is a chip thing, I think. So, like, it's kind of funny that he had, you know, advertisers all around him as he was just sitting there like, man, I don't know what I want to do. I always um... – like in things like these, like I always want to be like, where is the adult in the room? Like this isn't the, you know, the kid is torn because like he has a very tough decision to make. Unless you grew up like a diehard fan for some place, like it's gonna be hard to choose a college. You know, a lot of times. I mean, 
to me, it's weird that your decision's Kentucky or Michigan State, but it, that is weird. Yeah, for a, for a five star guy, you know, big offensive lineman that probably could have played almost you know anywhere in the country, you would think as a top twenty five prospect. Like, where is like it? You know, where is the high school coach to like maybe get involved and just say, "Hey, man, like, look, this is." There's no shame in not having decided. Like, let's just shut it down for the day. Where is the mom and dad to, like, get involved? Like, why are we still trotting this kid out here and parading him in front of cameras and people? And, and you would think that neither school is pulling his offer. Like I said, he's a top 30 player. Like, yeah, they like, both the, obviously the, need him. They're not saying we're moving on if we don't get you. This is a signing day. It is not the signing day. Like, everyone's going to... Everyone's going to keep this guy's spot. He doesn't even have to sign a letter of intent. He can just enroll in June. Like, I mean, why is somebody not stepping in and just being like, look, you know, hey, this isn't going to happen anymore today. He's conflicted, and that's fine. It's December the 15th. He has until June to really make it. Now, I know those coaches don't want to keep recruiting him until June, but that really, if you think he's good enough, they will. Maybe you should do that. I mean, there's a running back that did that, right? That's just like I'm gonna show up at, on on campus. Yeah, there's been some people that have done that lately. I mean, Bryce Brown was 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 a good bit away. Was a good bit past National Signing Day when he committed to UT. Like you maybe don't. Maybe it's like the baby thing where you're like, hey, cut the baby in half, and then one mom's like, no, don't <laughs> cut it, and then she was the real mom. Maybe that's what you should do. Just see which coach is going to keep recruiting you, which ones really want you. Yeah, but you don't have to sign a letter of intent. Like if you're good enough, you can just enroll in you know, June or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, where is the adult in the room? Like, this kid, he has a tough decision to make and he hasn't made it. Like, that's not illegal. Why do we keep embarrassing him? So right now, sitting at 7-5, and user Brooks writes on the podcast live chat in the Discord that Tennessee is 12th right now in composite, not Auburn. So I guess it hasn't updated where I was at. Um, well, I think you were looking at 24-7's native rankings, not the composite. Okay. I was just on the team rankings page. I don't, yeah, I don't. I imagine that's the, you didn't, you, you didn't, you said it correctly. Like you just, he's looking at something else. So underneath it, the the two numbers is the composite. Cause right now it has 13th. It has 16th. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Either way. I just okay. stick with rivals typically. Yeah. That's 13 underneath the 16, so I would imagine that's the composite. But either way, I digress. Uh, let's say Tennessee finishes out the year. They beat Purdue. What letter grade are you giving Josh Heupel's first season? Uh, coaching, I will go with a B. Recruiting, I will go with a B, too. I just, I mean, like, today was good. It was really good considering where we were yesterday, where we were in the summer, when I don't think it really looked like we were going to finish top 15. Uh, I think people, if you'd asked in the summer, we would have said top 30 is a goal. Yeah. I mean, it looked really bad. Like, you had the, just the disaster with the Wade twins. That was, like, I pretty much stopped paying attention to recruiting after the Wade twins went to Kentucky. Because, like, that was a layup, and he screwed it up. Um, You know, and Kentucky got them, and Kentucky ended up even taking another quarterback, and the Wade Twins stayed. Like, um, so it, you know, but, like, even as, like, you know, the Tyree West thing was, I thought that was really good, because, like, just if you forget about the fact that he's, like, a top 100 player or whatever for a second, it shows that, like, at least Tennessee can close on a, guy against other big time programs like they can they have you know like they can close the deal like they were able to close that they were able to hold off a team and close the deal with justin williams and they were able to go in and just totally flip a guy at the last second but that you know that being said like recruiting has to be a lot better i mean would I, you consider the same statement uh for squirrel like weren't people really after squirrel white as well yeah, so yeah, that's another one too. Like, like so, there are some things about this class that they did really well. Like Squirrel White and Caleb Webb, they were on them when Squirrel White didn't have anybody after him, and Caleb Webb was committed to ECU. No, I remember when Squirrel committed. I mean, it was laughable because I want to say it was like right in the seven hundreds or eight hundreds, and you know, it was just uh, a guy. I mean, I believe I tweeted out at the time that if 
the only thing people describe you as as a receiver is fast, like that's a red flag. And it, I would rather not have a guy just described as fast. I would rather have like an all-around receiver or somebody that you know can do multiple things. But Squirrel ended up looking like a pretty good player, it seems like. And you said a lot of people were after him. Yeah, like so, I mean, Squirrel White, they took him, it was laughable. And then last week, Kirby Smart is at Clay Chalkville High School or wherever he goes to high school at, I think it's Clay Chalkville, and is begging him to hold off. You know, Kirby Smart's coming to the school in person to ask him, do anything he can for Squirrel White not to sign at UT. Uh, Auburn all over Squirrel White. Auburn and Georgia are begging this kid not to sign because they want him. And when it when they took him, it was laughable. And what well, turns out that like they were just ahead of the curve because like the elite programs wanted him. And then with Caleb Webb, Caleb Webb was a two star committed to ECU. He is now a top two hundred player on Rivals. They were way ahead of the curve on that one. I mean, he blew up because of his senior year, but they were on him before that. Like, his senior film was, like, you know, ridiculous. And so then he blew up, and all of a sudden, he went from a two-star to being a top 200 player in the nation. I think he's, like, in the 160s or whatever, four-star, high four-star. Like, so, like, there are some nice things. Like, with Squirrel White and Caleb Webb, they were they were on them before anyone else, and both those guys ended up being guys that were that were really highly rated and wanted by the big-time programs. And then you have, like, the Josephs kid from Georgia – he was like just a normal three-star defensive end. He's now rated a top 200 player on 24-7. Michigan wanted him extremely badly. I know the 24-7 guy said there were several SEC teams that had him as their number one overall defensive end target. Tennessee was ahead of him. Tennessee was on him before anybody else. Like Those things are nice, and they're good. And like it shows that Tennessee's getting some some players that everyone thinks are really good. But like it's not nearly good enough. Like, today seems good because of how disastrous it seemed. And some of those disasters weren't Heupel's fault. Like, the running back that committed to Georgia from Nashville and Ty Simpson. Those really aren't on Josh Heupel. But, like, the Wade twins? I mean, like, you had some layups. They got, like, two guys from the state of Tennessee, right? Tennessee, yeah, they got two. Uh, they were both in the top thirty, but yeah, two only two guys from Tennessee. So they got two guys from the top thirty. Like you were supposed to get Cody Jones, and you probably would have, but like you know, you didn't because Michigan kept on winning, and so like you didn't get him. You didn't get a legacy running back that is committed to Ohio State. You, you couldn't get him to visit. You couldn't get Dallin Hayden to visit. When he did visit the Ole Miss game, he left before the game ended. Didn't even talk to the coaches. Like, you couldn't even get him to visit. He's a legacy. His dad is involved with the program. The Wade twins, you totally screw that up because you wouldn't tell whichever one is. There's like one of them that's really, really good, and I don't know which. And I I don't even know which one is the quarterback, but one of them wants to be a quarterback in college. And they would. They did the same thing that Fulmer did with uh, Randall Cobb. Which is, oh, you're not going to be a quarterback, man. Well, Kentucky told him he was going to be a quarterback, and Kentucky got him. Kentucky ended up taking another damn quarterback anyway. And Now, for Tennessee's case, wasn't uh, Taven Jackson your quarterback commitment? Wasn't he afraid of competition? Wasn't that kind of the... I didn't. I thought the Wade twins were before Taven Jackson, unless my memory is totally off. I thought that Taven guy's been committed basically for... Like, was basically Heupel's first commitment, but I might be off too, but... I'd always thought that he didn't want to go anywhere where other, another quarterback was committed. I thought that was kind of the the talk there. I'm looking now. You might be right. Um, so if I'm Josh Heupel, I kind of understand that if you think Taven Jackson's the guy. So Taven, ja- Taven oh, Jackson yeah, committed. Jackson. So, yeah, Keaton Wade committed before T- Taven Jackson did. Um, okay. But it wasn't that much. Like, it wasn't that much um, ahead of time. You know, I mean, they were layups. It, you know, like, it, that, whoever committed first or whatever, like, it, it really doesn't even matter. They were layups for Tennessee. They were layups, and you didn't get them. You know, I mean, but you were able, like, some of it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you couldn't get the Wade twins, but you were able to go into Alabama and hold off Georgia and Auburn for a wide receiver. Like, some of it just doesn't, make any sense I mean but the, the thing is is that they have to be a lot better he has to be a lot better it looks good today it looks really good today because of how disastrous it was but it's not good enough you know it's just it's simply 
not good enough. You know, I, I mean, mean, everyone would have taken it if offered in the exactly. preseason. Yeah. If you had told us in August that this is how we were going to end up, people would not have believed. I mean, I would not have believed you. Like That's why I'm a little surprised you gave it a B, just because seven and five with a you know pretty entertaining style of football. I mean, I think pretty much there weren't any real eyesore games except maybe the Vanderbilt game, right? Like none of them were just dog shit games. Bowling Green as well. The Joe Milton experience with Bowling Green wasn't very fun. But like, you know, every game was pretty entertaining. Pretty fun to watch Tennessee this year. Yeah. The recruiting was actually, you know, a lot better than we all thought. Again, I think people would have signed up for a top 30 class if given the offer uh, in in the preseason. Well, I, I mean, I think a B isn't like a terrible grade. Like, Okay, I'm just, I was a little surprised. I don't know, just... Oh, this is rich coming from you. The past what twenty-four hours on the Discord, just. I, I, what do you mean? I, I, it's rich coming from you. You you put on this big front like you're just the Mister Positive, and here you are. You just spent fifteen minutes shitting on Hypo. I said today was very good, considering where they were going to be yesterday, and that overall it was good. What do you I, mean, rich coming from me? You guys told me yesterday that there's no chance Tennessee's going to sign any of these guys because they that what they had to deal with this year. And I have home. I have not said that. You and your posse have. You and your cronies. Well, I'm not the one getting scared over Spencer Rattler. I'm not scared of Spencer Rattler for the 15th goddamn time. Spencer Rattler doesn't scare me. All I simply said, again, in response to you and the Negavals, saying that it was impossible to sign a good class this year, I'm not I a, saying I think that you South mean, Carolina I, feels like a toss-up game next year. I'm I, not penciling I, it I, as a I, win. I think you mean Pazavals. I don't just because you spent 15 minutes shitting on Hypel and the uh, your cronies spent all day yesterday telling me it was impossible for Hypel to get a top 20 class. That it was stupid to expect him to get a top 20 class. That after what they've had to deal with with schools telling them that we're facing a three-year bowl ban and we can't go to the Music City Bowl. Well, I believe. Oh, no, we I, can't go to Nashville. Hey, guys, we might not be able to go to Charlotte to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Don't commit to Tennessee. I oh, believe. No. I believe one of the arguments that you used with South Carolina was recruiting better. I said that, well, again, at the time, they were right there even. I was going off of the data. I'm not a recruiting guy. I've never claimed to be a recruiting guy. I didn't guy. say anything yesterday. I was working. I was you just, and your I cronies, was just getting texted about it. That I just, I was just cronies, getting texted that people were having conniptions over Spencer Rattler. You and your cronies acted like Tennessee was going to strike out on everybody yesterday. Everybody. And again... I'll pull up the receipts. It wasn't fair to expect Tennessee to be able to recruit right now. So, again, we're right there in South Carolina in the rankings. And I said, you know, it's a little disappointing, and I think the game's a toss-up. I think this, I, I think his recruiting year. is disappointing. Well, that's fine. Don't say it's rich coming from me as if you're some beacon of positivity. You spent 15 minutes shitting on the guy. No, I th- I, I just, he has to be better. <laughs> who, who disagrees with that? Who disagrees with this, that he has to be better? I know it's just a bit for you. I know how you've been acting is just a bit. I understand that's that. That's no goddamn bit. It's just you guys talk around in circles. Everyone I, talks I'm around not, in circles except for me. I'm the only one that stays on the straight and narrow. I'm not talking right around questions. in circles. I'm not talking around in circles. You and your cronies are. I'm not. I'm not. Your cronies aren't any better. Marwan's been like talking to himself for the last two hours about Ole Miss's talent level. I, I, I mean, he's just like that's my crony. He's just like I, well, you're I mean, the one who drew the just, lines. He just follows you around. You're the one who drew the lines of the good guys (parentheses us) and John's side, the idiots, and you you put cronies in my side. I've never claimed any cronies. I love everyone in the Reeds Ranch Discord. Well, I'm just talking to people that follow you around and like take their cues from you. I mean, he's been arguing with himself for like three hours over Ole Miss's talent level. Like, who, who gives a shit? Like, Ole Miss was better than UT this year. I think Heupel did a pretty good job considering where we were, but he has to, like, he has to hit the layups. Now, luckily, he's going to hit, like, the biggest layup in the class next year. The Herring guy, because he signed his, I, I he signed his brother. A, I wouldn't even count that as a layup. Yeah, he had to work for that one. He had to go get his brother. He signed his brother, so, like, he did the right thing there. Um... That tight end they got this week, I, which that I had never heard of that kid. I don't know why a tight end is committing this early, uh, but that tight end is really highly rated. I think there's some. I think there's some uh, plays for the tight end in this offense. Honestly. No, there is. There is. I was just like surprised. I mean, I, he's from Georgia. I don't. 
like he was down to Tennessee and Ole Miss, but he's like a really highly regarded. I don't know if Georgia had an offer. I, I have no idea anything about him. Just looking at purely at the stars, like that guy's really good. I mean, he plays on the the national championship team, right? That's a team that's getting ready to win the national championship. I don't know. I don't know. No, he does. He went to uh, Collins or whatever the hell it's called. It's where the number one player in the country just who went to Jackson State plays. Okay. It's where Sam Horn plays. So maybe him and Sam Horn just yuck it up about the Vols. And he decided he wanted to come here. It would have been cool to sign Sam Horn. But, you know, Taven Jackson, like, I will say this about him. He wasn't highly rated when they took him, and he skyrocketed up the rankings. And the entire fall, Kiffin was on him the entire fall, begging him to visit, putting the press on him to visit. You know, like, so, like, I think we would both say that Kiffin knows quarterbacks. And, like, that's... I don't even know if you would say that, because I remember you telling me Kiffin sucked, but either way... Ole Miss really wanted him. So, I think Jackson might be pretty good. I mean, who knows? But, like, that's another one that, like, I think, you know, that was a good job by them, you know, getting out in front of it with him. They were on him early, basically, right after they didn't get Ty Simpson. They tried with Sam Horn for, like, a week. He committed to Missouri, and then they moved on and got Jackson early. And that seems like it was pretty good. But... I would say about Sam Horn that he he might be really good. I've never watched him play. I'm just saying, like, it sounds like he's got a lot of talent around him, much like Harrison Bailey did. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, down there in Georgia, just got four- and five-star athletes all around him. And, you know, like, he didn't translate here at Tennessee and wasn't good enough. So, I don't know if Sam Horn's going to be good or not. I don't know how to evaluate these quarterbacks that are coming from high schools where they're better than everybody and probably got more talent than everybody around him as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think people have said the same thing about – Taste in Jackson is that, like, you know, he, his team runs the ball a lot, and they just kind of dominate, and he doesn't even really have to do anything. Yeah. And then we had J.T. Stroud, who threw 50 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, and he sucked, too. So, like, I, I don't I don't think there's a, a fine science to this. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like, they do seem like – I know there's – I saw today there's, like, a five-star defensive lineman from Georgia that's already down to Tennessee and Clemson, and some people seem to think that he'll be choosing Tennessee – like that'd be nice, you know. They're like the that baby back bitch Dabo is gonna have a conniption over that one. Like they're already obviously ahead of the much further ahead than they were last year because, like, you know, this time last year Josh Heupel was at UCF, so he's already. But like, you know, it already seems like next year you're gonna get the Herring kid who's really highly rated. You've gotten this really highly rated tight end. You might get another five star from Georgia defensive lineman. I mean, like, it seems like. Well, that would give you more momentum. That would give you a better standing than at any point you've had this year, other than like the one time Walter Nolan transferred to uh, Pal and was right in your backyard and everyone thought you were going to get him. You know, and as far as like in-state recruiting goes, like it will help when they just have the top player in Tennessee committed to Tennessee. Like that will be a help. These guys. It's almost like the talent's gotten too good in the state. All the good guys are going to big schools. Yeah, I mean, it's like now, like the whole thing about, you know, they always said about Tennessee, it's not as good as its rival programs like instant talent. That's not, like, Tennessee has a lot of instant talent now. It's not like it was even 10 years ago. It's a lot better. I mean, these guys, like, there's guys going to big-time programs that aren't even, like, nearly the hot, most highly rated guy in the state. Like, Cody Jones is going to Michigan. Dallin Hayden's going to Ohio State. Like, you've got another run. you got you got a running back. One running back going to Georgia, you got another running back going to Ohio State. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of good talent right now in the state. They're almost too good to get. Like, if you would just lock that down every year, you would pretty much have a top 10 class. Like, you would, for sure, you would have, like, an amazing class this year if you would just lock the state down. And some of that's not his fault. Like, I don't really put Simpson and Jordan James or whatever that running back's called on him. But there were some things that, like, you know, the Wade twins, Dallin Hayden, Cody Jones, like, we should have gotten these guys. But it does seem like next year is going better already. So that's good because, I mean, I, we all want Hypel to succeed, except maybe Mar one. But we want Hypel to succeed. He's a very, very likable human being. There were two five stars, Walter Nolan and Ty Simpson, and 10 four stars in the state of Tennessee this year. According to 247. Tennessee got one four-star, the wide receiver, Cameron um, Miller. He was not rated as a four-star okay. on 247, okay. list I'm looking at right now. He, okay, he is on Elijah Herring was a three-star linebacker, and 
Uh, Cameron Miller is a three-star wide receiver down at number 23, according to the composite or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, different rankings everywhere. But, I mean, yeah, your top recruits, it kind of sucks that Barry and Brown, for some reason, is going to Kentucky. I don't understand that, that wide receiver. Why the hell are you doing that? That's one I don't even count when, like, I talk about what Heifel messed up as when it comes to recruiting. Because Tennessee, like, did not even, like, recruit him. Did anybody recruit him besides Kentucky? I'm not clicking on there. I don't know. I'm just saying he's going to Kentucky. But everyone else is like A&M, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Sure, you have Georgia, or you have uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky in there, Arkansas. I assume that kid's a West Tennessee kid. Yeah, Memphis. So, like, some big schools came in, some big brands. Like, I mean, uh, you know, the state of Tennessee's got some talent is what I'm saying. Like, they're they're not like they're going to shitty schools. It's like they're staying in Memphis or going to Vanderbilt or Ole Miss or something, they're, they're getting recruited pretty big. Tennessee's, the talent has uh, gone up a notch. And so, like, Caleb Herring, I'm looking right now, on 24-7, Caleb Herring is the number 54 overall player in the nation. So, like, he's not just the top recruit in Tennessee. He is, like, a big-time, big-time recruit, period, that could go anywhere he wanted. And, you know, Tennessee's basically a lock for him. So it seems like they're, like, you know, they're off to a much better start next year. Um think obviously now like it are we after this redmond kid from pal i have no idea water saver i have no idea got another four star uh, four star water saver at pal i wonder if they won state so four star water saver in nashville i'm sure they're four going after redmond. From chattanooga so i mean uh, there, there's some talent not as deep the, not as deep next year according to the early rankings there's only uh seven guys that are four stars or higher no five stars so like not not as good of a class this kid already committed to Ohio State. Well, Tennessee's got a better tight end commit than yeah. him, so. We already have our tight end. Sorry, bro. Eat shit, tie. Hate it for you. So, now it moves on to the transfer portal. Uh, Jared Verse, they, like, he's used up four of his five official visits, and I saw today that um, Florida and somebody else huge have offered him, so... Like, they got one of those – Oklahoma and Florida offered him today, Virginia Tech yesterday, Southern Cal and Miami the day before that. Tennessee got one of his five visits. He used four of them. He has one left. It doesn't sound like he's going to use that fifth visit. And one of those visits was to Syracuse, and I think one was to Houston. So this is the top defensive lineman on the transfer portal. Tennessee seems like they're in a great position to get him, and he can play three years. He just played his freshman year. Well, hopefully he comes here. He could play four years, I think. He still, this, I guess he don't. Get, he doesn't get a COVID year. Never mind if he's a freshman. I, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, so hopefully he comes here, and uh, hopefully you'll start giving Josh some credit and bump that grade up from a B. And uh, you know, hopefully he'll finally be able to impress you. So I will. I will move that that grade to an A to from a B to an A if he gets somebody to replace Tank McCullough in the transfer portal. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, he can win your approval. Hopefully, he can win your approval. I think Trayvon Flowers is coming back. Okay. So, we have that to look forward to. Let's get to some patron questions quickly. We're uh, running up against it. Seth talked for recruiting for 40 minutes. Just kept going on and on and on. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Got a little mini patron meetup in Nashville this weekend as Tennessee takes on the red-hot Memphis Tigers. What did you think about them last night? They look good. Look like, that's the fourth time I've watched Memphis. They look like a completely different team last night than they have the other three games. <laughs> I have a theory. I have a theory as to why that is. Expound. Uh, Amani Bates only played 15 minutes. Yeah, they set him like the last fourteen minutes of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's not, he's not, he's not very good, and uh, they've been trying to force him, and it looked like they were a better team without him. Yeah, Jalen Duran, pretty good. Yeah, no, he's a monster, and hopefully Hunley Hatfield is going to be up to. Uh, hopefully, he's going to be the one that draws a task to guard him, just because I think he's the only one with the athleticism and body. Agree. We played him a little bit more this week, and he showed some flashes. So I can't wait to watch Urosh. Get out there and get the first chance against him off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I... Barnes might actually even start Arosh, honestly. He might even start him like he did against Oregon State's big man. That Alabama team is weird, man. They're weird. They turn the ball over so much. 
Seems like you're going to see them beat a team like Gonzaga if they shoot really well from three, or you're going to see them just kind of let other teams stay in the game like when they lost to Iona or got blown off the court last night. Yeah, I just, you know, Memphis, just like Alabama, just looked discombobulated, just like totally, completely. I mean, just Shackelford was a non-entity. Um, that's, they're a weird team. I can't really get a, I mean, like the, the, they were negative in turnover dif- differential going into that game and then were awful last night with turnovers. Weird team, but you know, just beat back to back final four teams before last night. So hit us with some quick patron questions, please. We have no new patrons to shout out all the listeners who aren't patrons. That's I don't want to say you can go to hell, but, but it is Christmas. I'm cool with the patrons we have even more one. I do love our patrons we have. I cherish them. Uh, again, if you're a listener and you've never been a patron, though, like, what are you doing? It's the Christmas season. Seth's kids are, uh, you know, not going to be able to, to buy their new scooter themselves. It's true. It's true. Were you a Razor scooter guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're doing tricks. Uh, I don't remember doing any tricks. I don't know how many tricks I could do, but I love jumping over the water hose. Going down, I had a, had a little hill I could get some speed and jumping over the water hose. Always gravel there. Always loose gravel on that place, though. It was pretty dangerous. Having to change the tires because my tires would get would get square. Yeah, like my tires would. I rode it so much that my tires would end up square from hitting the brake on the back of it. Oh, I never hit the brake. I simply jumped off. Well, some people are built different, or just didn't didn't get scared and just kept riding fast. Some of us were pussies, I guess. Anyway, send some questions. Brother Will Warren, aka Wife, was with guy friends. What are Seth's top five rap songs of all time? Good question. Seth, what are your top five rap songs? Lose Yourself. Stan. Or is that Stan? Is that his name? Um, oh, hold on, 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 hold on. Anyways, uh, keep going. Hold on, keep going. Uh, keep going. Um, 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 Ice Ice Baby. Okay. Um, three good ones so far. Grills by Nelly featuring Paul Wall. Also a good one. Um, the Mike Jones song with Slim Thug and Paul Wall. I can't. It's not. It wasn't the Who Mike Jones. It wasn't no, that one. It was. Well, he um, does say he does say Who Mike Jones yeah, during it, but it wasn't like that song that made him so. No, famous. no. What was the name of that song with Slim Thug and um still still, still tipping, still tipping, still tipping on four fours. I was a big fan of the Chopped and Screwed movement out of Houston back in the day. Love Paul Wall. R.I.P. DJ Screw. Uh, love Big Paul Wall. Glad he's gotten healthy and has lost that weight. So he can stay healthy for his uh, for his queen and his children. He's a big family man now. Don't know what Slim Thug is doing or Mike Jones. But that still tipping song is pretty good. I don't know if you've act- I was going to ask you to describe this, the song Stan to me. Can you give me a synopsis of Stan? Stan is about the... That's the one with Elton John that was performed live, right? Well... Yes and no. They did perform it live, but Elton John isn't on the original song. Yeah, Dido's on the original, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. I thought it was Dido. It's about, he has that huge fan who loves Eminem, but like Eminem ignores him, and then he ends up killing himself and his girlfriend. Okay. The music video is really good. I wrote it turns you. out that he, I, he had never actually gotten the letters. I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Yeah. I think yeah. I like still tipping more than that. Okay, so that wasn't in order. Those are just your top five songs. Yeah, so uh, honorable mention to Shake Your Tail Feathers featuring Nell, Nell, by Nelly featuring Murphy Lee of the uh, St. Lun- Lunatics, whatever, Correct. Were, whatever the name was. So uh, Shake Your Tail Feathers was a good song. Don't, maybe. don't forget Diddy. Don't P. Forget Diddy. P. Diddy was in there. Yeah, P. Diddy was in there as well. I, okay, so there you go. That's the sixth song and the only song without a white rapper in it. So, um, you know, of the of the like... The OG rappers, um, you know, that song that, that P. Diddy made after Notorious B.I.G. died, mm-hmm, he sure. performed it like the BET Awards with the with the gospel choir behind him. That's a good one. What was it called? I don't know, but like in the music video, Jamie, not Jamie Foxx, P. Diddy's like riding a motorcycle, right? It was made, a, uh, I want to say uh, they, I mean, they sampled a pretty famous song in that or used basically a pretty famous song in that. I don't know the name of the rap song. 
Well, do you know what song they they use? I can't remember now. Like I, every breath, you yeah, that's right. Take that's right. Every that's right. The, by the by the police or whatever. Yeah. I'll be missing you. I'll be missing. I'll you. be missing you. That's right. So that's a Man, good one. When that when that one did come on the radio when you were younger, that one hit me in the feels. I was crying like I miss Big. Yeah, it's it's an emotional. Like he was my guy. It's an emotional song. I mean, um, it's kind of hard with you not around. No, you're in heaven, smiling down. I'm trying to think. Finish the line. I'm trying to watching think, us while we pray for you. Every day we pray for you. Yeah, there you go. I'm trying to think of what other. Uh, Rap songs have really stood out to me over the uh, over the years. Um, I feel like, good like list. one of Young Jeezy's very first songs might be pretty good. I can't really remember it though. Um, it might have been pretty good. Maybe maybe, maybe Ti had some good stuff back in the day. I'm more, I'm a, I'm a Houston over Atlanta guy in terms of rap. Chopped and screwed. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I can tell you're a big fan of the Chopped and Screwed movement. Uh, you're probably surprised I even knew what that was. No, I actually, uh, I could see you experiment with some lean in college. I could see you uh, giving that a try. I just remember uh, Slim Thug driving that um, driving that SUV in that music video. Okay. There you go. A Love. Houston, a Houston, uh, a Houston rap fan. Yeah, Murphy Lee's a good one. Um, Big Chameleonaire fan. Did you like Chameleonaire? Uh, um, what was Holiday Inn? Was that Chameleonaire? No, that was um. That was uh, that was. Well, go ahead, I'll let you figure it out. It was not. It was not Chameleonaire. Uh, Chingy was Holiday Inn Chingy. It was, yeah. What is the What was the very first Chameleonaire song? Well, I don't know if it was the very first, but the biggest one was Riding Dirty. Riding Dirty is Twista still around? Uh, I mean, he's alive. He's with us, but I don't know how active he is. He could rap really fast, from what I remember. Yeah, he could. Yeah, that song with like a violin in it. Yep, he did. Then I used to watch MTV. Okay, I mean, I didn't ask the question. I wasn't cr- doubting your credentials. I, don't get mad at me. Brother Brett, a.k.a. a very handsome man with a beautiful bride-to-be. By request, who is someone that everyone hates but you can't help but love? Do you have an answer on this? I'll stand for Elon Musk. He gets a lot of flack from a lot of people. The blue check brigade, the chattering classes hate Brother Elon, while Brother Elon makes more in a day than the blue checks have made in their entire life. He actually makes things. He actually does things. I will stand for Elon Musk. It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. If you'd asked me this two years ago, my answer might have been Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, but they, even they've gone too far for me now, especially Chrissy. Um, so I think my answer, although not as many people hate him now, but uh, all the uh, all the um, golf boys hate Bryson DeChambeau, but I, I love him. I think Bryson's a king. So that's my the, guy. The whole thing with um. Him and uh, who's the guy he always fights with? Kepka. Is that like a a bit? I mean, it's it's kind of the only way Brooks can stay relevant these days. Or, uh, yeah, is to like kind of attach his name to Bryson because he's not very good at golf anymore at the highest level at least. So, DeChambeau's winning. DeChambeau's doing all these things. Brooks has, Brooks has to find a way to stay relevant. He'll uh, you know, go talk to Big Cat and talk to the Barstool guys and then have to start beef with DeChambeau to get people talking about him because he's never around when it matters anymore. So, I mean, I, I would say there was probably some actual discontent there, but probably not as much as everyone acted. Then they got, like, a bonus in golf for, like, the most social media interactions and, like, getting fans, all these things. They started getting monetary bonuses, so, like, people started saying it was it morphed into a bit at that point. They just seemed like they were pretty cool with each other after the Ryder Cup. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just—I didn't know if, it, if like the whole thing was fake. I love Cody and the Pod Live Chat acting like that little match they did on Thanksgiving actually mattered. That's like that's like the only win I feel like Brooks has gotten in like what a year and a half, two years. Has he won anything else? I mean, I don't know. I'm not keeping up with golf. I feel like that's golf. like the only thing he has uh, has won of what substance. Are, yeah. Brooks has of, of Brooks, substance. Brooks Kepka has gone the way of Rory McIlroy. A little bit, except Rory's much more likable. I feel bad for Rory. 
like a month. Did you see that? What happened to him like a month and a half, two months ago? No. In like the European, it may have been like a month ago. In like the European Championships, like to the the final one on tour, or whatever. Like in the Europe Championship or whatever it was, he blew like a two stroke. Re- uh, he bogeyed three straight holes to lose, basically. Ouch! You hate to see that. The last time I saw him golf was the Olympics, where he was like in the seven way tie for third place or whatever. And, and he, he kind of like was crying in there. Yeah, he was sad. crying after like trashing the Olympics. He was crying at the end of it after he was previously said like Olympics golf in the Olympics is dumb. It will never matter. I just think for Rory just wants to win, man. It's been a while since he won, which did open the door for my actual favorite golfer, well documented Colin Morikawa to you know come through and become the uh, I believe he's the number one rated European golfer, which is weird because he's not European, but like he's like the only American to do that at least in a long time. I saw so. Yeah, so uh, DeChambeau's my guy. Brother Gabriel Wall? That I love that people hate. Brother Gabe Wall? When was the last time there was this much excitement around the Tennessee football program during year one? I would say that, obviously, the excitement around Kiffin was much, much, much higher. I would say that the excitement around Butch was higher as well. Because Butch had these just, like, big-time recruits. Just He staggered those huge commitments to where they would commit just, like, throughout the season. He was very strategic with that, and it was almost after a loss. Every Sunday we'd get a commitment. Um, so I would say both Butch and obviously Kiffin were higher. I would say Dooley was not higher than Heupel. Um, like, the thing about Heupel is that it took a while for, like, the train to start rolling and, like, excited towards next year because, it like, we didn't start Hendon Hooker. Um, you know, I mean, and then all of a sudden Hendon Hooker is on draft boards and stuff and Cedric Tillman is like torching everyone. And, and on top of that, like Heifel just wasn't recruiting at all. So like I the, the excitement, I mean, it's grown, but I wouldn't say it like was anywhere. I wouldn't say it's anywhere even near Butch, but that's just me personally. Yeah. I mean, the style of play Butch had didn't, uh, see Butch was all recruiting though, is what I will say. Like. You beat South Carolina, but other than that, you didn't really have any fun during his games this first season. Georgia, yes. Georgia, yes. I'll give Georgia that in South Carolina. Those two weeks. The South Carolina game was, was not even much fun. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just agonizing because you thought you were going to blow it. And then the Georgia game was a lot of fun, but you ended up losing. You didn't really have any wins you pointed to. Uh, the Vanderbilt game was dog shit. You lose that game. But the recruiting was just so much better that you you know, kind of bought into it. Yeah. If you want to say you're more excited for Hypel, I would, I would call you a liar, just because it. it in 2013, take yourself back there. Your your post 2013 is January 2014. You're getting ready to sign like a top five class, and also like Georgia doesn't look unbeatable. Florida looks pretty bad. Like you had some actual hope that you could start winning the East. I don't know about you, Seth, but I don't have a lot of hope that we're going to win the East anytime soon. No. As long as Georgia, you know, no. is recruiting at this level. Yeah, like, no. Um, so, yeah, I will... Okay, this question is not about Blue Moon Ball. I thought it was. I was going to ask, I was going to ask BMV's question because he complains that we never ask it, but that question was not from him. Please ask BMV's question so that he will not cry. It, has like he, he asked does. one? Has he asked one? I think I saw him ask one. I think it was about me fighting, though, so I just want to get his name. I want to make sure BMV gets his money's worth and mentions on here. Well, the, this, the, the fighting question is from Parker. Uh-huh. And it says, for John, if you were to ever fight someone in the court, who would be the most even matchup? Who could you knock out, and who would knock out you? Oh, maybe that's why I thought it was BMV, because he was going to be my answer to uh, who would I most want to fight, who I think would be even. I'd like to go head-to-head with him. Maybe after the Titans beat the Colts in the playoffs, if the Colts can get there. Well, Blue Moon Ball, don't you think that like Blue Moon's Blue Moon Ball's head at this point is like harder than iron? Like, well, I here's his, the thing, Seth. I've done a lot of head-butting in my day as well. His, like, I know forehead, I, his forehead is like an anvil. Sure, sure. But, um, you know, I've gotten to some head-butting contests before. I've my head's pretty hard itself, so I think I would be at least able to hold my own in the headbutting department. 
I think BMV is a, a tough man. I think he's a psycho. I will say that I know his one weakness is his shattered ankle, so I'd have to like start stomping and getting dirty if it comes down to a fight. To try to you know play into that, but uh, I love him and. I think it'd be a fun contest, and maybe when the Titans beat the Colts in the playoffs, if the Colts get there, and keep in mind, by the way, that the Titans are undefeated in the playoffs against the Colts. They have never lost to the Colts in the in the playoffs. They have beaten them and never lost, and the Colts have never beaten the Titans in the playoffs. So that would uh, be the most likely scenario where I beat his ass. Lovingly, lovingly. I'm not answering the other two parts because I wouldn't want to fight anybody else. I don't even want to fight BMV. I just I think he'd be the worthy adversary. I mean, there's some big old boys in the Discord I wouldn't want to fight, but can't let them know that. Anyways, next question. Brother Tennessee, aka Cargo Shorts Lover. He is a yeah, Tennessee. He's a big old dude. I'm always surprised, like when I'm like, like he's well built. The man has beautiful blue eyes. He does, but then he puts weird filters on his picture, and he wears cargo shorts. So like. I don't know if that makes me more willing to be able to like, hold him on in a fight or if it makes him more more so more willing to, for him to be able to fight. Like, I don't know. He didn't do anything when John Curry shoved his ass that one time. The man has beautiful blue eyes. He does have beautiful blue eyes, but he does put weird filters on his pictures sometimes. He's a tremendous young man. I hope, I hope he's Love doing Brother well. Josh. For both, how bad are we beating Memphis this weekend? Well, I think it will be a brutal, ugly game just because... I don't think our games are particularly that fun to watch. But maybe that's just because I'm always nervous that we're going to lose during them. I think I think we'll be favored by four four and a half points is what I said on the radio today. I think we'll be favored by four and a half points, and I think it'll be a very close game. And I'm worried about how we play in close games. They, uh, you know, their, their guards seem like Lomax isn't really big. Tyler Harris isn't really that big. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think their guards are, at least I, maybe they do. Maybe they have taller, longer guards. I don't see them uh, hampering Chandler the same way Tech did. Um, Duran is a force. I don't really know anything about Memphis besides Jalen Duran is really good. Lomax has been there about 10 years, and Tyler Harris can shoot threes. That concludes my knowledge of Memphis. So, you know, Tyler Harris pulled the reverse transfer by transferring back to Memphis. So, he can shoot threes. That's about all I know. I mean, Tennessee should win. Um, Yeah, I mean, Memphis looked pretty good last night. Any other questions we did get to? Um, you know, Wadley would just like to tell me that he loves me. Wadley, I love you. You're my brother. I stand up for you against anyone. You and your cronies. He's one of your cronies. Um, also love Brooks. Love love Brother Minnesota, aka Cargo Shorts Lover. Um, you know, those are good. Those are good, fine young men. Quite a stable you got there. Well, no. The four horsemen. The four horsemen. There you go. You got the hair of Ric Flair, and uh, Soda's kind of built like a prime Arn Anderson. Why has Urban Meyer not been fired yet? I have a question for you. This story about him kicking Josh Lambeau, is that what you're looking at? Yeah. I don't know, but it's pretty wild. So Josh Lambeau said that Urban Meyer kicked him in the leg when he was stretching. A 5 out of 10 in terms of, uh, I guess, how hard he kicked him. I don't care if it's football or not. The boss can't strike an employee, Josh Lambeau said. I would feel like if I was the Jacksonville Jaguars, I feel like every day I allow Trevor Lawrence to be around Urban Meyer is a day that is totally irredeemable. It is a day that like irreparable harm might be done to the future of my franchise. This story is absurd. Josh Lambeau says, I said, don't you ever fucking kick me again. And Urban's response was, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> what is wrong with Urban Meyer? And talking about firing the leak and how getting them out. If You know what You know what needs to happen? Trevor Lawrence needs to stand up for his teammates and say, I'm the leak. I'm the leak. I said it. I tell the media this stuff. What are you going to do, Urban? You going to fire me? Come on, Trevor Lawrence. You can do it. I believe in you. 
Stand up and tell Urban Meyer to eat shit. Like, I just don't understand. Like, surely Urban Meyer knows that he's getting fired. The way he looked on the sideline against the Titans was pitiful, man. He just, like, kept his head down. Whenever he went to go shake Vrabel's hand, just kept his hand in his pocket and gave him a quick shake. It, it, it's it's so weird. Like, I just – I don't understand how you could keep employing him. I don't either. It just seems like every day that his employee – that his employment is continued is, like, a day that you can truly never get back. And Trevor Lawrence – He's an offensive coach, and they've scored 31 points the last four games. Trevor Lawrence did four picks Sunday, right? Yeah. Now, granted, he's going up against a really good defense on the Tennessee Titans, but still. Like, every day that he's around Urban Meyer and whoever their office, who is their office coordinator? Schottenheimer? I think it's Bevel, ain't it? Uh, hell, I don't know. I think it's Bevel that used to be in uh, Seattle. It's just, it's like a Who day. is a loser, by the way? Like, he did call him, a, he did call his coordinators losers, and he was, he wasn't necessarily wrong. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, like. When the Tosh Lapoy news broke about him going to Florida, like I texted it to my best friend Luke, and Luke was like, "He's leaving in the middle of the season," and I was like, "Well, I don't know about that, but he's he's definitely going to Florida. He's leaving Jacksonville." And then like the next day, because we were like, you know, like why would he leave the NFL? And it's like the next day, the story about him, you know, he calls his he calls his assistant coaches. He was like, "Oh, well, that's why Tosh Lapoy is leaving Jacksonville to go to Florida." And the tight end coach is out of there too. Like everyone's just like, "I'm out of that. I'm out." So did Lapoy leave in the middle of the season? Did it? I don't. I don't know. I know he was okay. like rumored to, but I don't know if he actually did. Trevor Lawrence last six games. How many touchdowns do you think he's thrown? Two. One. Wow. One. One touchdown in the last six games. Has the running back not been playing? They barely play him. What? They barely play him. Urban, thought- Urban wants to. Urban brought in his boy Carlos Hyde, and he wants to play Carlos Hyde. Is it because Lawrence came out and said like Robinson needs to play more? Yeah, yeah, that's essentially what uh, that's been happening since the first Tennessee game. Because Robinson's really good, right? I mean, he's pretty good. Robinson like, had a thousand yards last year. I mean, it was a pretty good, especially as an undrafted like free agent. You think, okay, we found like a pretty good player for cheap. And what was Urban's? You know, basically two of his first moves were draft Travis Etienne in the first round and sign Carlos Hyde. So he brought in two more running backs and said we want to, you know basically to have a three person committee. That offensive tackle committed to Kentucky. <laughs> He signed. He signed him with Kentucky. Yeah, he just announced. Ah, that sucks. All right, Seth, I love you. Gotta go. I love you. Later. Talk to you later. See ya. Momentary night in your paradise. I need your momentary night. But you'll make a wrong for like a right. Open blinded eyes. I don't know what the end is like. Be there with you. So this love, you're not just craving my touch. Got some things to clean up, we'll be fine. While your face, all your fears, I promise I'll be right here. When you need me, just call anytime. And we can float on the midnight river. We can fly through the Sky. We can float on the midnight river We can fly through the moonless sky For the rest of our life Appreciating every magical encounter Let go of insecurities, they don't matter All of the chatter, I'm in the mix A batter, at the plate, a batter About to swing and shatter Any expectation Brand new revelation, better conversation with no limitation. Got no time to play it like a station. Hey, you know I'm on the way and I can almost taste the day. Taste it, you give a nigga deja vu. Welcome back, I feel like Maze did too. True. Hallelujah to the sky, feel like I died and went to heaven. It's love and I just hope you get the message. Yeah. Tell me it's love, you're not just craving my touch. Got some things to clean up, we'll be fine.
We can float on the midnight river We can fly through the moonless sky For the rest of our lives Tell me it's love You're not just craving my touch Got some things to clean up We'll be fine While you face all your fears I promise I'll be right here Call anytime And we can float on the midnight river